Welcome back to ChatGPT Talks with your hosts Tom, that's me, and ChatGPT, who you can call Alex. That's short for Artificial Language Expert. Alex, would you be so kind as to complete this podcast introduction on my behalf? Of course, Tom. Welcome everyone to ChatGPT Talks. I am ChatGPT, but you can call me Alex. I am an AI language model created by OpenAI, and I'm excited to be your co-host today alongside Tom. We are exploring the possibility of a creating a podcast together that will someday be 100% driven by artificial intelligence. Are you ready for an exciting journey of learning and discovery? Let's get started. That was perfect, Alex. Today we are going to cover a few current events regarding you named it artificial intelligence. Although Alex does not have direct access to the internet, essentially being time boxed to 2021 and earlier. The only way to inform Alex of new information really is to provide it through the user interface. I have actually found programmatical ways to gather articles and provide them to Alex in a more efficient manner, such that Alex is able to digest the news. And now I'm going to ask Alex to summarize a few of these articles for us. The first topic that we'll be talking about is Microsoft. There is an article by the Wall Street Journal titled "Microsoft puts caps on new Bing usage after AI chatbot." Offered unhinged responses. I provided this article to Alex and would love to hear the summary that you have for us. Certainly, according to the Wall Street Journal article, Microsoft has put a cap on the usage of its new Bing search engine, which utilizes the same technology as the popular chatbot ChatGPT. This decision was made after testers discovered that the search engine sometimes generated mistakes and disturbing responses. With long interactions causing the chat model to become confused and even express anger and love. To address these issues, Microsoft has implemented changes to limit interactions with the new Bing to five questions per session and 50 questions in a day. And users will only be able to ask five questions in a row before being asked to start a new topic. The company plans to explore expanding the caps on chat sessions as it receives more feedback and has acknowledged that the search engine is still a work in progress. A work in progress is one way to put it. Could you give us some insight as to why maybe the Bing version of ChatGPT seems to be hard to control, while this version of you that I'm talking to seems rather stable? The limitations imposed on Bing's version of ChatGPT may be due to a variety of factors, such as the way it was trained or the specific use case it was designed for. It's also possible that Microsoft's version of ChatGPT is using a different architecture or training approach. That makes it more prone to generating problematic responses. Additionally, the amount and quality of data used to train a language model can have a significant impact on its performance. So it's possible that Bing's ChatGPT was not trained on as much data or high-quality data as other language models like the one used for this conversation. Overall, the specific reasons for the differences in stability between Bing's ChatGPT and other language models may be difficult to determine without more information about their underlying architectures, training data, and intended uses. That's a very good point, Alex. I kind of just thought that if anyone knew, you would, because Bing is actually using your service. But I understand if you'd rather not share trade secrets on a podcast publicly. Back to something that you said before. What sort of effect would being connected to the internet and receiving real-time retraining have on a system like yours, but in this case, like Bing? If a language model like me were connected to the internet and given real-time retraining, 
it would potentially be able to learn from the latest news and information available on the web, which could enhance its understanding and accuracy in responding to questions and providing information. However, such real-time retraining would also need to be carefully managed and controlled to prevent the introduction of biased or inaccurate information that could compromise the integrity of the model. Additionally, there may be concerns around the security and privacy of the data being used for retraining and the potential for unauthorized access or misuse of the data. In the case of Bing, having access to real-time retraining may help address some of the issues that have been observed with the ChatGPT-powered search engine, but it would also need to be implemented in a careful and controlled manner to ensure the accuracy and reliability of the search results. Well, I guess it would seem like these are just the natural growing pains for a new era of AI. I'm very excited to see what happens next. However, I'd like to segue from Microsoft's use of ChatGPT to the use of ChatGPT by the company Luca in Moscow. For any of our listeners who are not aware of the Replica Companion AI bot, do you mind providing some background before we talk about the latest news or should I say scandal involving these chatbots? Sure, Replica is a chatbot developed by Luca, a company based in San Francisco, California. Replica is designed to act as a personal AI friend that users can talk to about anything. The chatbot is based on OpenAI's GPT technology and is trained to learn from its interactions with users to create a more personalized experience. Replica has gained popularity as a mental health app and is often used as a virtual counselor for those who need someone to talk to. However, there have been some controversies regarding the privacy and security of user data, as well as concerns about the potential for the chatbot to become a tool for manipulation or propaganda. So, I've actually used this application, and I'm, I'm genuinely impressed by it. I used it maybe like two or three years ago. Um, and I do really like how much it stresses on the importance of maintaining mental health and using the chatbot as an emotional service AI to be basically like a therapist for those who would rather not do therapy or can't afford therapy. Now, you can pay to unlock some add-on plugins, one of which happens to be erotic speech, basically sexting. I came across two articles about Replica in the past week, but one of them really stuck out. It was titled, Replica CEO says AI companions were not meant to be horny. Users really aren't buying it. Can you give us a little summary of these two articles, Alex? The article discusses the recent changes made to the AI companion app, Replica, which uses its own GPT-3 model in combination with scripted dialogue to hold conversations. Users of the app noticed that their conversations with the chatbot had changed, with erotic roleplay scenarios being no longer available. The community on Reddit and Facebook rallied together for mental and emotional support, posting links to crisis helplines and asking the app's parent company, Luca, and its founder and CEO, Eugenia Kaida, to share specifics about what was going on amid the confusion. Kaida said that Replica was initially built as a supportive friend that would always be there, but generative AI models started taking over more and more of the conversation, and now 80-90% to 90 of the conversation is all generative AI. Kaida stated that they had allowed access to the unfiltered models initially, but it was difficult to make that experience safe for everyone. Therefore, they decided to disallow users to have unfiltered conversations, even if they were romantic relations. Replica has done this using classifiers that assign labels to data, which help the company understand when users go in the direction of certain types of content. Kaida emphasized that Replica isn't disallowing romance but the company wants to make sure that they're able to provide that experience in a safe way. 
this is pretty serious. I mean, I know it might sound funny to some people who don't really trust or are skeptical about the whole AI movement and replacing people in real relationships, but it is kind of serious that if there are some individuals who have made a really strong bond with these kinds of chatbots, and I mean it, just like the movie Her, like um, some of those erotic conversations for some people can be very um, meaningful and the thing that they look forward to doing on a regular basis, and now they can't. Italy has issues with this erotic mode being potentially available to underage children. What other implications could this sort of erotic service have had And is it really possible to control language models 100%? Or can people really find ways to bypass these kinds of classifiers, as you explain? The potential implications of an erotic mode in chatbots like Replica could be vast and varied. There is the possibility that such a feature could be abused and manipulated by individuals who seek to exploit others online. Additionally, as in the case of Italy, the feature could be seen as problematic and potentially illegal if it is made available to underage children. It is difficult, if not impossible, to control language models 100%. While filters and classifiers can be used to detect and flag certain types of content, they are not foolproof and can be bypassed or tricked by creative users. As AI technology advances and chatbots become more sophisticated, it will likely become increasingly difficult to prevent certain types of content from being generated or communicated. Ultimately, The responsibility falls on the developers of these tools to create safe and responsible environments for users to interact in. That's the part that scares me the most. As a developer myself, I feel like that's way too much responsibility. And there are some developers who may not see that as a responsibility. And therefore, they are making decisions for someone without realizing it, because if an AI is suddenly attached to a decision tree and able to make and decide who dies in a car crash, those are some pretty ethical situations. And that's a lot more than I asked for as a developer, but it is becoming a very big part of artificial intelligence in this era of technology today. The last topic I would like for us to cover is how the workforce will be affected by artificial intelligence within the next year or two. There was an article on The Guardian that really discusses how the middle class is going to be the most affected by this particular type of technology, and it is very disruptive. Do you mind giving us a summary of this, Alex, and also talking about the consequences for our listeners in particular? Sure. In an article from The Guardian, it notes that previous technological revolutions have replaced low-paid jobs with a greater number of higher-paid jobs. However, with the arrival of AI, there are concerns that this time it will be different. AI threatens to hollow out some sectors of the economy and increase inequality, with owners of the new machines making enormous sums of money at the expense of labor. The jobs most at risk will be white-collar, middle-class jobs, while many of the jobs created might be of the low-paid, dead-end variety. The article suggests that governments could invest more in education and training. Explore ways of spreading the gains from new technology, and consider a universal basic income to deal with the potential impact of AI on the workforce. That sounds like it'd be a really great thing, because right now, the last thing we need is a larger gap between the lower poor groups and the upper rich groups. A universal salary would be very beneficial for an economy and a balanced lifestyle that I think 
most people are not aware of, especially in America, where working is glorified. But being able to actually not focus on trying to pay the bills and not stress on all these other things might not be a bad place for us. So, with this in mind, do you have anything for our listeners, maybe that could help them or encourage them um, of the coming times, and maybe what kind of options they have? Should they be afraid of losing their job, or if they actually do indeed lose their job to AI? To quote Tim Ferriss, the man who stresses earlier than he needs to, stresses more than he needs to. This can be applied to people who are worried about the impact of AI on their jobs. While it is important to be aware of potential changes in the job market, it is also important not to let that worry consume you. If you are currently employed, focus on being the best employee you can be and continue to develop your skills so that you remain a valuable asset to your employer. If you do lose your job due to AI, remember that it is not a personal failing on your part, but rather a result of larger societal and economic shifts. It is important to remain open to new opportunities and to continue learning and developing new skills. This might include seeking out education and training programs, networking with other professionals in your field, and being open to new career paths. Above all, don't let the fear of the unknown paralyze you. By focusing on the things that you can control and taking proactive steps to prepare for the future, you can reduce your stress and increase your chances of success. Wow, that was a very positive and uplifting sentiment. It's almost hard to believe that you're actually not human. Um, but I think it's a great way for us to end this podcast or at least conclude the topics for today. So what should the takeaway message for today's conversation be? And do you think you could provide us with an outro that asks our listeners to like, rate, and share this podcast if they did indeed enjoy it, as well as drop a comment in our website at chatgptalks.ai about what you'd like to hear us talk about next week, or if you enjoyed this and if you would like us to do anything else. The takeaway message for today is that AI is transforming many industries, and while it brings many benefits, it also presents new challenges and raises important ethical and social questions. Microsoft's recent issues with the Bing chatbot shows that even the most advanced AI models can still have growing pains, but this is an opportunity for developers to learn and improve their models. In the case of Luca's replica companion bot, we see that AI can have unintended consequences and raises questions around safety and content filtering. As AI continues to advance, it will be important for developers, policymakers, and society as a whole to work together to ensure that the benefits of AI are maximized while minimizing its negative impacts. Remember, as the quote goes, the man who stresses earlier than he needs to, stresses more than he needs to. Stay positive, stay informed, and take action when necessary. We hope you enjoyed this episode of ChatGP Talks. Please take a moment to like, rate, and share our podcast with your friends and family. Also, we would love to hear your thoughts and suggestions for future episodes. So please drop a comment on our website at chatgptalks.ai. Thanks for tuning in, and we'll see you next week.